again, Terry Fichet, Technical Director for the Ontario Recreation Facilities Association. It was interesting to be able to track uh, exactly who's been looking uh, at our information and our uh, support staff. Mr. Basilio was able to do that, and he advises that people from all around the world actually have taken the time to drop in and see what the RFA has to say. So that's kind of exciting. So um, we are going to forge ahead with uh, what we had suggested of giving you some sort of regular updates in regards to what is happening in our business. For those of you who have not met me before, brief uh, description of who I am. I am uh, a practitioner. I'm not an expert. Uh, I am an individual who gets to collect information on behalf of the association. And uh, from time to time, I will make mistakes in regards to some of the information. And I love being called out by our members because it tells me that they are engaged and they want to make sure that the information that we're providing as an association remains current and up to date. So please do not hesitate to uh, contact us at any given time uh, in regards to uh, the information we're putting out to either update us uh, or correct us. And uh, we'll have no problem passing that information along. Uh, again, um, I started off driving in circles. I steal that from... Uh, Cody Bateman, I believe, from the FOMA group, the NHL group, he stated that at a training session a few years ago, and I kind of laughed at it. He says, uh, talk slow. Uh, I, I make my living driving in circles. So that's where I started as a practitioner, moved on to uh, middle supervisory staff and ultimately a director, and then uh, I joined the association 20 years ago in regards to uh, becoming the technical director. So uh, today's topic, we want to take a look at air quality and how uh, COVID-19 is uh, going to potentially impact our facilities. Now, we have grown as an industry almost by accident in regards to the complexities of it. When we first started off, we had a refrigeration plant, mostly, uh, or a chemical plant for an aquatic facility. Uh, and uh, air exchange meant turning on a ventilation fan that drew in uh, fresh air from one end of the building and then uh, pumped it out the other. And to be honest with you, we were probably trying to get rid of cigarette smoke uh, is what we were doing because smoking in recreation facility was uh, pretty predominant when we first started off in the 70s. And over time, uh, as these buildings became more complex, so did the equipment in them. Uh, and uh, we've tried to keep pace in regards to being able to manage and maintain this piece of equipment. It's a huge undertaking that takes a lot of skills. So what I want to do is I want to uh, outline a couple of things. First, I'm going to give you uh, an overview of the benefits of membership with the association to make sure that you're getting full benefit of the uh, information and tools we put out for you. So ultimately, um, if you're a member of the association, you're going to go to the website and you're going to put in your uh, social insurance number, uh, which is basically your email address. And once you've accessed the information, uh, uh, put in that information, you're going to be able to access the information that I'm going to reference here today. I'm going to try and keep it short. Uh, don't want to go overly uh, long uh, in regards to uh, what it is that we want to talk about. So you're, you may have some homework to do. And I'm going to reference uh, different guidelines and best practices that we've put out as an association. And I'm going to encourage you to go back and read them in depth if the uh, subject matter that we're talking about today uh, falls onto your, uh, your wheelhouse of responsibilities. So what we're going to talk about is air quality and, and, um, and uh, HVAC systems. Um, what we want you to understand is that uh, air quality in uh, and where we really started off was the arenas in the in the 70s uh, became an issue uh, as we became energy efficient 
and we tightened up all these old barns. Uh, and we were still operating uh, older ice cleaning equipment in there. And what was happening is that we were poisoning uh, some of our users. And so we started down a trail along with many other agencies of trying to better understand toxic air and arenas. And for more than 40 years, we've been putting detailed information out in regards to the importance of ventilating arenas and keeping equipment up to date. And that basically is the ice arena operations guideline that will be found in the resource library. So once you're in the website, if you go to a resource library and you go into ice arena operations, look on the right hand side to the year and go down to 2018 and what you're looking for is guidelines for arena indoor air quality and it was re released uh, or re-released in january we've been putting that information out in uh, different versions for more than 40 years and everything in there remains relevant if you're an ice arena practitioner uh, it is essential that you understand the potential for toxic air poisoning. You need to understand your personal risk as a practitioner and potentially the uh, impact it's going to have on our users. So that, uh, that document goes into great detail and there is a quiz at the end of it you can take so that you can confirm that in fact you understand some of the problems. And then uh, back in around 2014, 2015, we started to take a look at swimming pools and indoor uh, air quality and swimming pools. And we put out a comprehensive uh, document referred to as maintaining site, uh, safe swimming pool indoor air quality. And we put that out in September of 2015. So if you go back to the resource library, uh, you're gonna be able to access that document underneath the aquatic section. And it goes into a lot of detail that I'll, I'll highlight a little bit later on. So what we discovered as we continue to uh, research uh, how uh, coronavirus-19 is going to impact recreation operation is we've noticed that there has been some guidelines that have been released over the last little while. Um, one of the ones that we came across was from ASHRAE. And who ASHRAE is, is uh, the acronym stands for the American Society of Heating, Refrigerating and Air Conditioning Engineers. Uh, there are different organizations in the province uh, that will put out information. Uh, we'll often rely on ASHRAE because it's used on both sides of the, uh, of the border in regards to uh, best practices for uh, architects and engineers and people who design buildings, uh, specifically to HVAC systems. So we're, like I said, going to continue to give you that uh, clarification that we're not an expert on the subject matter, but we are very much aware that... Um, you are going to have to understand the complexity of your HVAC system as you uh, start to organize the re-entry and reopening of your uh, rec facilities. And that, that will be any building. That's going to be a meeting room uh, to an ice surface, to an aquatic facility, to uh, all the other infrastructure and recreation. Most likely there is some sort of HVAC system that's attached. So you're going to have to work very closely with your contractors and hopefully you've got some staff uh, on uh, board that's going to be able to assist you. So ultimately, uh, when it comes to indoor, uh, indoor air, uh, who is the primary for the general public uh, governing agency is uh, public health inspectors. So anytime that they believe that there's a problem or an issue with a public facility, uh, they're going to attend and they're going to evaluate and assess uh, in regards to uh, how you're conducting business. So are there set guidelines in regards to the way that we uh, conduct business? Uh, there are some expectations in regards to airflow, um, but again, I'll come down to the age of the building and the uh, building code uh, that it was designed to. You as a practitioner are going to have to figure out uh, what the design was for the year that the building was open 
And if you wanted to be proactive, you would cross-represent with what the expectations are today. Now, we're going to emphasize the importance here that you are, are merely an information broker. So you need to collect this information and provide it to senior managers so that they can make informed decisions. Your job is that when something goes wrong is to prove that, in fact, that you understood the issue, that you were monitoring the issue, you're doing the best with what you had, and you continually were feeding senior management either through the budget process or special reports in regards to concerns that you've been doing so that in the end it inflects it away from your office and uh, regrettably puts it on somebody else's desk. So um, the public health inspectors will deal with the general public complaints and then the Ministry of Labour here in Ontario would deal with worker complaints. So anytime a, a worker had a, had a uh, concern in regards to indoor air quality and they weren't satisfied internally through their supervisor or the Joint Health Safety Committee, uh, the Ministry of Labour would engage. So our partner uh, with the aquatic indoor air quality, because we were not the experts, is that we went to industrial hygienists at uh, Public Service Health and Safety Association. So PSHSA is a really good partner of the Ontario Recreation Facilities Association. And anytime that we uh, require specific uh, advice or direction on safety matters, we'll, uh, we'll uh, lean on the PSHSA uh, to uh, uh, assist us. And in this case, when it comes to aquatic indoor air quality, they took the time to uh, actually put into place um, some uh, pretty detailed information in regards to uh, the complexities when it came to indoor air quality. Now, the reason I want to drag you into the pool side of things, even though you may not have a pool, uh, as a pra recreation practitioner, if you've got a hall or a rink, uh, now that we're going to be using uh, disinfectants, uh, you're going to understand, you need to understand the byproducts uh, that come from the use of uh, chlorine-based disinfection. So if uh, even though you may not have a swimming pool, this is a resource that you may want to go to and just read up on uh, byproducts of disinfection so that you can understand uh, the importance of being able to ventilate your facility. So uh, it, it will deal and it looks at uh, the impact or potential impact on workers uh, who are breathing in uh, these releases if they're mixed improperly or there's proper, uh, improper ventilation. Uh, and in the end, uh, we want to make sure that nobody is going to end up with uh, poor health effects when it comes to the improper use of disinfection. So uh, going back to ASHRAE, uh, they have uh, responded actually fairly quickly uh, when COVID-19 started off. And their response uh, actually came out in February. So they were quick to see that, in fact, that COVID-19 was going to have some impact. Um, and we'll talk about that uh, briefly before we wrap things up here. What I want to do is uh, push you back to the resource library. And uh, ultimately, again, that's a benefit of membership when it comes to uh, the association. So in the buildings and grounds section, uh, uh, and we were already working on those projects before COVID-19 hit, we were looking at Rec Facility Legionella Outbreak Risks and Responsibilities, uh, and that was released in March of 2020. So you need to uh, appreciate that much of our resources will take anywhere to up to six months for us to create and properly vet it internally before we get it out to the general membership. So we did release that in March of 2020, and another project that aligned with uh, the Legionella, Legionella document was uh, our investigation into biofilm and the risks and hazards that uh, 
they potentially have in regards to reduced equipment life cycles. So these are two areas that we're already expanding in regards to issues and recreation operations that we were focused in on. And they aligned uh, along with the responsibilities we're going to have with COVID-19. So since then, what we've done is we've created, and it's currently under construction and expect to release very shortly, so watch for it. We took a look at the responsibilities of you maintaining your water system inside your buildings, because when we walked away from them in March uh, of this year, we've left a lot of stale water in the pumping uh, in the uh, water pumping systems internally of our rec facilities that are going to have to be purged and what we need to understand is the water that is standing it could be in demification system it may be in other parts of the hvac system or it could be uh, just uh, basically sitting in the pre uh, p-trap of a urinal are potentially uh, going to be uh, incubators for legionella and biofilm and they're going to have to be flushed out. Now, depending on the size of your facility, uh, this could take up to 24 hours. And that was uh, pretty uh, interesting for me to discover, thinking that I would have to turn the water on in my facility uh, to uh, flush out all the piping uh, to make sure that anything that was growing inside there. You're going to have to spend some time with your contractors to figure out the design of your facility and what complexities are there, and then design a, we're going to get back into the building approach. So, as I suggested to you, ASHRAE put out a guideline in February 2014, uh, and if you go again back to the website and you go into the uh, toolbox that we've created as part of uh, COVID-19, you're going to find the link to this document. And ultimately, the web page, it, it's, it pro, uh, provides access uh, immediately to ASHRAE documents that's designed for uh, building industry professionals at no cost. So what they're trying to do is make sure that you're getting uh, the most up-to-date information in regards to responsibility for HVAC maintenance and upkeep. Uh, and they are providing a lot of these documents at no cost. Now, in the end, uh, it's your responsibility, either as frontline staff or facility management, to make sure that as part of your re-entry and the reopening, that you have considered uh, the roles and responsibilities of maintaining good quality indoor air. Uh, so we, we touched on water and we touched on air. Uh, so part of our recommendation is that, in fact, you spend some time uh, 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 putting together a plan that, in fact, is going to include uh, the HVAC system and the water system as part of your uh, as part of your reentry and reopening plans. So in the air uh, my, uh, or in the end, my responsibility as a, as a practitioner, uh, if I was managing today, is that I need to make sure that the air that I'm going to provide the people that are coming back in my facility is uh, hazard free. Uh, and it's not just saying that it's hazard free. I'm, in fact, going to have to prove that it's hazard free by the processes that I'm putting in place. And then ultimately, I have to... Um, uh, be able to set up an ongoing maintenance plan that in fact is going to uh, guide staff. Now, what you need to appreciate is that when it comes to HVAC systems, these are very complex pieces of equipment that are requires some true skill sets for an individual to be able to work on them. Now, there are, uh, there are very uh, strict uh, controls in place in regards to what a typical layperson might be able to do uh, when it comes to maintaining an HVAC system. So the warning that we put out 
is that we don't want you overstepping your boundaries in regards to uh, what you're capable on uh, on doing. The last thing that we would want happening is that in fact there's some form of breakout inside your facility and it's traced back to the fact that you had not invested in the proper expertise to maintain the system. So I'm going to emphasize that um, uh, throughout this whole presentation that it's going to be paramount that in fact in fact you deal with um, these individuals, the professionals in regards to those that know your building. Now, in the end, uh, staff are going to, like I said, have a very limited role in regards to uh, what they're able to do inside our facilities. Um, so you may already have that design through policies and procedures. If not, uh, it's strongly recommended that as part of your pre-planning of getting back into the building and, and opening up to the general public, that this forms uh, the, the um, uh, roles and responsibilities that you're going to have as a practitioner. So that was a quick overview of 20,000 feet uh, of the importance of it. Uh, we know that um, scientifically they have suggested that COVID-19 has the potential to live inside the HVAC system, meaning that when we turn them on, it's uh, potentially going to spread the virus uh, throughout the buildings. We also know that with some uh, positive maintenance activities, we're going to be able to control these environments and uh, these checks and balances are going to be uh, important as you move forward. So I'm going to end it there. Uh, you may have some homework to do uh, now that uh, we've raised the issue with you. We're always here to help you if you're a member of the association. Uh, always look forward to discussing and chatting with our members their challenges. So if you've already come down this road, uh, please feel free to uh, contact us at info at orfa.com. Uh, sending along your comments uh, or your experiences and uh, we'll uh, build them into our training programs, our information that we will put out uh, from time to time in either e-news or facility forum. Uh, and uh, as an industry, we'll continue to learn and grow in regards to this uh, most uh, recent challenge of COVID-19. So I'll wrap it up there at this point and uh, look forward to uh, chatting with you real soon. Take care. Stay safe out there.